wherever you're joining us from in the world, it's so good to have you as a part of our service today. Can you believe it's almost Christmas? I mean, it is almost four weeks to go, people. Four weeks to go. I, 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 I know. Don't go into debt. Four weeks to go, four weeks to go till Christmas, and uh, uh, there, there's no doubt, uh, Neve mentioned it before, 2020 has been a year like no other. It's been, and, and, and I don't know how it is for you, but to me, I, I find myself when I'm talking about things that happened at the beginning of the year, it's almost like it feels like it was like two years ago or three uh, years ago, so it kind of feels like the longest year ever, and yet it's gone so fast. Well, here we are at Christmas, people, uh, with only four weeks uh, to, to go. But at Christmas, we remember. We remember what? We remember that Christ came and the world changed. Christ came and the world changed. Twenty centuries have come and gone. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, the name of Jesus is not so much written as plowed into the history of the world. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that one solitary life. Who was this Christ? Who is this Christ that we're speaking of? Who is this one who came? Who is this one 20 centuries ago who, who appeared? Who is this Christ? Well, it tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, in Christ, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Friend, I want to tell you, you feel like your life's falling apart? I want to tell you, he's the God who can hold you together. You feel like things, I just can't, I just can't keep, keep, my, keep a hold of my life. He holds all things together. I want to tell you, he holds the universe together. I want to tell you, he can hold your problem, your situation, your difficult. Come on, somebody, give him some prayer. He can hold your situation together. In John's gospel, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In verse 14, it tells us who this Word is. It says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to tell you, there's enough grace for everybody. He's not short. He's not running out. He is full of grace and truth. And it tells us in verse 3 of John that through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. 
In him was life. You're looking for life. You're looking for, for an answer to the questions of life. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Friend, I want to tell you, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how difficult, I want to tell you, the light always shines. It shines brighter in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And it says in John 1 verse 12, then this, to all, to all who did receive him. Oh, I want you to hear this today. To all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name. He gave the right. There's so much talk about rights these days. But I want to tell you as believers here today. The Bible says to all who did receive him. Have you received him today? To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, listen, to become, become what? To become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Born of God. This is gospel, people. This is good news, people. Born of God. Now I know this year has been a tough year for so many, many people. And you know, the honest truth is we're not out of the woods yet. It's, it's, it still continues. But let me say this as Christians. As, Christ, as Christians, Christmas is a time to stop going in dismay. Look what the world has come to and start going with joy. Look at what has come into the world. Christ came. The world changed. He has come into the world. Christ came and the world changed. And now today I want to ask five questions and I want to answer four of them. The fifth one only you can answer. But I want to look at number one, why did Christ come? Why did Christ come? Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says, She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, the angel, told him, You are to give your child the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. Please understand today the name Jesus we talked about Emmanuel. I mentioned Emmanuel before, which means God with us. But the name Jesus means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Saves us from what? Our sin. He saves us from our sin. I've, I've got to tell you today, I've got to be honest to you today. Jesus did not come to give you your best life now. Jesus did not come to just make everything okay. Jesus did not come just to sort out all your problems so you could have a nice life. No, Jesus came to save you. 
If you have a Christianity that's thinking, God's going to just sort it all out and I'm going to live happily ever after, that is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, people. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. That's what changed the world. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus saves. He came to save us. He came to save, save you. Someone said this. It was to save sinners that Christ Jesus came into the world. He did not come to help them. It was to save sinners that Christ came into the world. He did not come to help them to save themselves, nor even to enable them to save themselves. We can't do it. He didn't come to help us save ourselves. We can't do it. He didn't come to enable you to save you. No, He came to save us. He came to rescue you and me. So question two is, who is a sinner? Romans 3 verse 23 says, all have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The book of Romans tells us there's none righteous. No, not even one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Of God. The word all, I've said so many times, the word all in the Greek means all. Everybody. No one here can say, well, I'm better than that person. I'm better than this one. I, you know, I'm not like that prisoner. I'm not like that, that person. I'm not like this person. No, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Question three. That was just a short one. Right? We've said that and answered it. Question three. What is sin? What is sin? Sin is man's declaration of independence from God. And I want to remind you today. Because if we don't understand the seriousness of this, if we don't understand the nature of this, we're not going to understand why Christ came. We're not going to understand the, the gravity or the weight or the... We're not going to understand the, 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 the measure of our iniquity. We're not going to understand the measure of that which Christ has achieved. It's so important that we understand why he came. Friend, I want to, I want to tell you, sin is not a little aside. It is the reason that Jesus died. It's not just some little thing. It's what nailed him to a cross. Romans 3 verse 25 said God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. Understand for, for your redemption and for my redemption, for your salvation and my salvation, for your deliverance and my deliverance, blood was shed. A price was paid. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed 
for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace. Friends, there's peace that can be found. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. I know, that's, that's good news. And by his wounds we are healed, made right. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him. The Lord thought. Eternity's plan. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, sin is so big that it took a Christ and a cross to measure it. So we can't mess around with sin. If we be ruled by sin, Matthew Henry said, we shall be ruined by it. I want to tell you, sin separates. Sin isolates. And eventually it decimates. It decimates your relationship with God and your relationship with one another and with other people. I want to tell you, if you've got a strained relationship, if you've got some difficulty thing going on where there's unforgiveness, if you've got some stuff, you've got to understand what's at work there. Sin can mess things up. Unforgiveness can mess things up. Bitterness can mess things up. and separates, isolates, and eventually decimates our fellowship with God and with others. We have to remember, sin is a tyrant, not a toy. It is not something to play with. One of my favorite quotes, you've heard me say it over, over the years, never expect to find honey in a jar that God has written poison on the label. Never expect to find honey in a jar that God has written poison on the label. See, friend, I want to tell you, it's not a matter of how big or how little our sin is. A man may die, as it is said. A man may die a little by a little fly choking him as by a lion devouring him. So likewise, little sins will sink a man to hell as soon as big sins. It doesn't matter. And sin is sneaky. Remember, it doesn't... It doesn't leap on us, it creeps upon us. It slowly comes. And there is such a high cost to low living. Romans 6 verse 23, I'm just giving you gospel today. Romans 6 verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. This is not your normal Christmas message. But we need to remember why he came. He didn't just pop into our world to say, hello, have a great life. Going to bless you, give you that nice car, that nice house, that nice this. Going to make everything all right. No, no, he came to seek 
and to save that which was lost, that which was far away from God, that which was desperate and that which was lonely. He came to seek. He did not come for the well. He came for the sick. He came for the beaten, for the bruised, for the battered. He came for those who are single and struggling, for married and struggling. He came for those with problems and mental health issues. He came for those who were, who, who were so weak and could barely get another a morsel of food. He came for them. This is what Christmas is all about. He is the present. The wages of sin is, is death. Another version says the payment for sin is death. The wages, the payment. In the Aramaic plain English Bible, it says the product of sin. The wages, the payment, the product of sin is death. So what's the fix? Question number four. What's the fix? The bad news is that sin is a, a wage that gets paid, a product that is produced, a payment that is made. But here's the good news. For the wages of sin is death, but. Everybody say but. But the gift of God. Nothing you can do. You, you can't save yourself. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So where does that take us? That takes us right back to where we started. That she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus saves. We used to put it on bumper stickers years ago. Jesus Saves. Jesus saves us from what? From our sin. He died for your sin so you didn't have to. We sung it before. My debt is paid. He died for your sin so you didn't have to. He died for you that you could now live for him. Free but not cheap. The cross was the cost. The cross was the cost of your freedom. The cross was the cost of my freedom. So I'm asking you here today, do you need Jesus to save you? For he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you need Jesus to save you today, to cleanse you today, to wash you today? This is, this is the fifth question, and only you can answer it. I cannot answer it for you, but do you need this Jesus to save you? Coming to church won't save you. Being religious won't save you. Only Jesus saves you. 
You need this Jesus to save you today. You need him to wash you and cleanse you. In Psalm 51, David writes, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Do you need transgressions blotted out? Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. We have to remember we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's not something we do. It's something we are. It's a part of our nature. We can't, cha we, we, we can't change who we are. That's why we needed him to come. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. He desires truth in our lives. For we can, we can put on a show. We can say and look like we've got everything all together. But at the same time, be struggling with things on the inside of us. It's guaranteed in this room, even right now. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from... The time my mother conceived me, surely you desire truth in the inmost parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. When I want to tell you, when God cleanses you, when God washes you, when he forgives, you will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my Iniquity. Create in me a pure heart. You know, the wonderful thing about Christ, not only can he create a pure heart, he can give us a new heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. How hungry are you for the presence of God? Sin will separate you from it. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Have you lost your first love? You need to, maybe in this moment, say, God, restore. Restore me. Restore to me the joy of your of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. That's something powerful that can happen when a life submitted to God lives for him. Verse 15, it says, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice. Look what I do for you, God. 
No, no. I, I put a good offering in. I, I helped out in this. I did it. No, no, no. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. You won't despise it. When we come to you in need and in humility, You know the story of the lady who with an issue of blood and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Richard Glover said this. He said, Christ's humanity, the fact that he came, the fact that he, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, he said, Christ's humanity is the great hymn. Is the great hymn of the garment through which we can touch God. Well, there's no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Christ's humanity is the great hymn of the garment through which we, you and I, can touch God. The historical fact that he came allowed that which was on earth to touch the hem of heaven. It allowed us to reach out and touch the hem of heaven. The good news is we can still do that today. We can still reach out. We can still touch the precious garment by faith through the Holy Spirit. And so today may be a time to give our lives afresh and say, Jesus, save me. To all who did receive him, the keyboard can come. To all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And this is what is spoken of as being born again. I think that word has become Americanized over the years. It's not something people use anymore because it's come to mean some type of American Christian thing. But Jesus talked about the fact that one needed to be born again. And to be born again means what? means we can start afresh. We can start new. We can begin again. To be born again means talking about a new life and a new way. 
that we can live. This is what I spoke of as being born again. Being born of God. So what do we do? Well, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean on me, for I am gentle and humble and hard, and you will find rest for your souls. Would you bow your head? When Christ came, the world changed. But I want to take a, just a moment and wait on God for a minute or so and so we can say, because Christ came, my life can change. I want us to take a moment and say, create a pure heart in me. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you've got to say, renew a right spirit in me. Maybe for someone else, you've got to say, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Whatever it is, I know already God's been speaking to you. Maybe for others, it's like, would you wash me? Would you cleanse me? Maybe to others, it's I receive you and I believe in you. Let me be born of God today. Let me have the new birth through faith and by the Holy Spirit in Christ that I can walk a new life today in you. Just in the quietness, I'm just going to take it 30 seconds or so and just whatever your prayer is, whatever you need to be cleansed from, whatever you need to be washed from, I pray that God would just speak and you quietly in your spirit would say, Lord, give me a new heart. Holy Spirit, speak to your people.
Jesus' name. Christ came and the world changed. This is what makes Christmas the most wonderful time of the year. Jesus is the reason for the season. Would you stand? I'd ask if you could put your hands out like this that I might pronounce a blessing over you. And remember the words that I'm speaking here today are not just some words we've grabbed off a song and put here. The words that I'm speaking to you today are ancient words. These words have been used to pronounce a blessing over God's people for thousands of years. Receive them in that manner. Receive them with that reverence. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.